0: Hey, Joseph. Hey, Crystal. Do you know what steals joy from marriages?
1: I do. Actually, several things. But today, we're going to talk about
0: comparison. Listen in to find out more.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Direct, O Lord, our actions by thy holy inspiration and carry them on by thy gracious assistance, that every word and work of ours may begin in thee and by thee be happily ended. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm. So a thief of joy, you say.
0: Is comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy.
1: As far as I know, the source for this quote is a letter by Theodore Roosevelt. I always thought it was like a C.S. Lewis quote or that it was from the Bible or from a church father, but apparently it was from one of the presidents of the United States of America in a letter that he wrote. Comparison is the thief of joy. And uh, I, I still think he was right. I, I still think he had a good point. I don't think that uh, he was way off base. I think comparison does deprive us of joy. And...
0: So a way to combat... Comparison.
1: We should probably think about
0: that. And this is a way that you can love your marriage is to combat comparison. So, something that's helpful to know as we talk about how to combat comparison, it is important to know that your marriage is utterly unique. You are not actually supposed to live your marriage, your family life, your home life, just like everybody else. You're not. You're not supposed to be a carbon copy of the marriages of your parents, even. Even if your parents had a great marriage, you're not supposed to be a carbon copy of it. Your neighbors, your friends, or the marriages you see in stories. We don't have to imitate everything. It's great to see things that are good and beautiful in any one of those kinds of marriages and to integrate it into your own. But we don't want to be a total and complete carbon copy of anybody else's marriage because your marriage is unique. And if you don't live the uniqueness of your marriage, a the world is deprived of whatever it is you were supposed to bring to the table. But b, you're not you're going to always be comparing yourself to this thing that you're trying to copy and you're not going to measure up.
1: Well, maybe people d- don't believe you. Maybe they don't think that their marriage is unique. Do you have any proof that their marriage is unique?
0: You're- they're unique and unrepeatable mysteries themselves. That's, and so you can't possibly have the same thing with two unique people that are different than the people that they're comparing themselves to.
1: Yeah. So unique in experience, unique in gifting, unique in skills acquired, unique in uh, location, unique in vocation in terms of, of the kinds of work that you might be called to unique in apostolate the the neighbors that you have the family that you have the friends that you have the parish that you're in the co-workers that you have all of these things make you unique right like your fingerprint is a unique thing although i did hear that they did find two people who had identical fingerprints uh or at least one of the fingers was the same or something like that um bound to happen sometime i guess who knows uh But you're unique, and your spouse is unique. You probably know that better than most people, that your spouse (laughs) is unique. And there are probably a lot of similarities and a lot of stereotypes that you can use to categorize them. But again, as far as gifting and experience and relationships and personal history and where they've devoted time and effort and where they haven't devoted time and effort and biologically speaking, what they're dealing with, what they're... uh, particular excellences are in. uh, They're they're all going to produce somebody unique. And the two of you together, that's two unique persons, together, united. Neither one of you have ever existed before. Reincarnation is not a thing. Neither one of you are ever going to live in this world and marry again um, to each other in this way. Uh, I mean, totally possible. One of you may die and the other one will remarry. But that marriage will be unique and different and and not the same as the prior marriage.
0: So if you're trying to compare your own situation, which is fundamentally different to your neighbor's or your parents' or your friend's situation, it's not... It
1: doesn't make sense. It's not going to make sense. Like, these differences are non-trivial, right? It, it's not a trivial thing where you live. It's not a trivial thing how old you are, or a trivial thing about how many kids you have, or the kinds of kids that you have. These are non-trivial differences that change your marriage and make it not like any other. And so to say, I want to be just like this other couple, or why aren't we more like this other couple, or why is our family so far off the mark of perfectly imitating this other family? Because you're, you're aiming for a target. You're just not capable of hitting.
0: Now, one of the things that is difficult about figuring out who you are is a unique family is that you might try things and fail. And here's the thing. If you try to do things just like everybody else, you're also going to fail. So you might as well try to do things that you feel called to and feel consistent with who you are and what your marriage is about and fail at that. And then learn and try something else.
1: Yeah, you're free to fail. Nobody is grading you. Nobody is uh, saying, hey, you're not measuring up. You, most people don't pay that much attention to you. Let's be real. They they don't pay much attention to anyone outside of themselves. We live in a pretty self-centered world, uh, both because of personal sin, original sin, and just like a weird technological uh, unexpected result of... Um, People just constantly engage with their own profile and their own uh, brand. Brand. <laughs> so nobody's paying attention. You can try things and fail. You might be like, oh, we're the kind of family that prays two rosaries a day. Like, maybe give it a try. Keep trying. Wonderful. Great. Uh, or try something different. And um, yeah, it, the reality is a lot of questions about life and love and raising kids and growing in an intimacy with your spouse, these are a matter of prudential judgment. Don't do what you know is wrong, but don't be afraid to do what you think would be right because nobody else is doing it. Like, that's not a reason not to try the thing that you think would be right. Thinking that you might fail is just another way of saying that it's something that's probably worth doing.
0: And so... We've mentioned maybe last week that we are restarting this marriage membership that we've done in the past. And um, as we've been doing this, one of the things that we did was talk to several of the people that were involved when we've done it in the past. And one of the things that we heard repeated is that they were brought to understand more fully what made their family unique and that that was exceptionally freeing for them. That when we know what makes our family unique, we stop Struggling with comparison. So, if we want to have a joyful family and comparison is the thief of joy, and we live in a culture where a lot of comparison is happening, then to know what makes your family unique and to try that out and to figure that out is an antidote to comparison. And also super helpful in becoming more joyful because when you're doing what you're made to do, there just is joy, even if there is suffering also. And so, having that that space to figure out what makes your family unique, some some tools to help figure out what makes your family family unique is something that we're really passionate about and something that we've seen make a tremendous positive impact on couples that we have worked with.
1: I mean it certainly has made a huge difference to us. We make a lot of decisions that other couples don't make. And that's really okay that other people don't make these decisions because we're here to make them.
0: Yeah. And, and it's when you know what makes your family unique, it's a lot easier and a lot freer to say no to things that a lot of people are saying yes to and to say yes to things that maybe not very many people are saying yes to. It also is more freeing to say yes to things that lots of people are doing because we love – maybe you're – Your family really loves football, and maybe that means you're still saying yes to playing football, and maybe that's a place where you can evangelize, and that's awesome if that's what God is calling you to do. So this doesn't mean like being contrary for the sake of being contrary, but this means knowing what you're about, what your family's about, and saying yes to those things and those things only.
1: Did you bring up the football example because we're founders of a high school where it's like basically baked into it that they will never have a football team?
0: No, I didn't bring it up for that reason but i just like we're very not into football and i think we have friends that are like anti-football for the sake of being anti-football and that's if you that doesn't need to be the case yeah um
1: i'm not against football in the sense that i want it to never exist i just was never very interested in it and i don't follow it
0: so it's okay that's a fun fact about us yeah we're not into football but maybe you are
1: great that (laughs) You don't have to be like us and we don't have no. to be like you. It's Truth. wonderful. Yes. It's splendid.
0: I'm really, really happy about not being into football, even though people are really into football in our town. And we're not. And that's okay. Um, if you want to learn a little bit of like a, I don't know, next thing to do, if you want to- A
1: call to action, if you will.
0: Take comparison in the face to love your marriage well. There's this book, Three Big Questions for a Frantic Family by Patrick Lynchioni. If you're watching YouTube, I'm- showing it off that we love and he talks about how to create a unique family statement so this is something you can do that's i think i think it's quicker and easier and more helpful than creating a family mission statement
1: mission statements are funny they're weird
0: so three big questions for a frantic family is a great tool for that if you we just did a relaunch of our marriage membership right now we're focusing in on those members but if you're interested in learning more about that and learning about when we might open it again sometime, you can join our wait list by going to ouroutpost.org slash youroutpost slash. We'll, we'll put a link. link. Um, but with that, we're really hoping to build a community of couples who are trying to live differently, who are trying to live their unique family call, that are different from the surrounding culture, that are different because they're owning that each couple is unique, and different oftentimes from what they used to be doing they're yep. able to make changes
1: we want to work with couples who are trying to make progress who are trying to
0: love yeah, their love marriages
1: more and more because it's, that's that's kind of if you're if you're not trying to do that maybe it's worth the uh, giving that one a go maybe that's maybe that's something that shouldn't be so unique maybe it should be a more widespread thing that the couples who are married should love their marriages I mean, to be fair, before we close out, there are things in the Catholic sacrament of matrimony that make every sacrament of matrimony similar, right? They, they have the same ends. They have the same purposes. They have the same meaning, essentially, right? Diedrich von Hildebrand talked about, like, the purpose of marriage is procreation and education of children, but the meaning of marriage is the love of the spouses. And then Cassidy Canubi with Pope Pius XI, I think he, I don't know if he got sloppy or, or what, but he basically was like, yeah, there's two purposes to marriage. It's, you know, the, the love of the spouses and the procreation uh, and education of children. And this third thing, the elevation of the relationship to a sacrament, where it becomes uh, that which it signifies. It, it, it is a sign of the love of Christ for his church embodied in husband and wife. So those things... Every Catholic marriage has those things. Those are the, the bones, the skeleton. The flesh of it, though, uh, can be all sorts of different sizes and shapes and colors. And internal organs, obviously, can shift <laughs> around a lot. We, we have this picture from anatomy textbooks that, you know, everybody's insides look the same. and That's just not true. Everybody's insides look different because organs have different sizes and shapes and placements, which makes yeah. surgeons' lives kind of wacky. Generally-ish, Generally,
0: but
1: yeah. That's an aside. That that was an aside. Marriages do have a fundamental character to them. Your marriage is unique because you are unique. Your spouse is unique. Your relationship is unique. You have a re- unique calling, and we would love to help uh, you to live that out, to continue to serve you however we may with this podcast, with the other things that we're offering Because we just want to awaken an authentic Catholic culture through holy matrimony. And we're going to do that by equipping Catholic men and women through formation and accompaniment.
0: Amen to that. Should I close this out in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just pray for anybody listening that they might want to participate in the awakening of an authentic Catholic culture through the sharing of their love. Um, and that pouring out into the world around them. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son,
1: and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.